On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a partridge in a pear tree. On the second day of Christmas, my true love gave to me two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. On the third day of Christmas, my true love gave to me three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Christmas, my true love gave to me four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me five gold rings, four calling birds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to our third special holiday episode here on Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tamman, and I am joined by the indefatigable, illustrious, illuminous Grace Aki. Grace, how are you? I'm running out of adjectives already. We've only we're three in. Like I don't know what else. No, ChatGPT, open that thing up. Oh, there you go. Finding more adjectives. That's it, ChatGPT. Oh, I'm mad. I'm doing all right. I'm excited to keep talking about this. All right, so we've already done episodes on our three favorite plays of 2023 and our three favorite musicals of 2023. This will be our three favorite performances of 2023. And I will say, I'm not including anything from like national tours, although I didn't consider them eligible. Perhaps surprisingly or not, all three of mine are from the Broadway. So, Grace, I've been I've been having you go first on these. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first on this one? Uh, you go first. I like okay. when you go first. All right. So my first one at number three is Justin Guarini from Once Upon a One More Time. I put Once Upon a One More Time as my number two musical of the year. A lot of that had to do with Justin Guarini's performance. I know that he has been in a lot of shows on Broadway that have not done very well. But not for his lack of effort or lack of talent or lack of charisma or lack of just absolute stage presence. I think there's a lot of issues with the fact that Justin Guarini's Prince Charming was the best part of Once Upon a One More Time, which is a show ostensibly about female empowerment and female characters and female friendship. I think that is one of the issues with Once Upon a One More Time and why it maybe didn't last. But there is no denying that Justin Guarini was unbelievable. As Prince Charming, um, we all saw the I mean, the fact that his performances were like what they put out for all of the marketing materials, but it really was great and just absolutely tremendous. I saw it three times. It was never not exciting and not captivating. So I don't know if he's going to get remembered by the time Tony's come around, but he should, at, you know, at least with the nomination. But he was great. Uh, we got the chance to chat with him after uh, the first time we saw it, but uh, Justin's great. I want better things for him on Broadway. I, I want him to be in a long-running hit because he absolutely deserves it, and he can command a stage in a way that warrants a, a run like that for a long time. So Justin Guarini, Prince Charming, Once Upon a One More Time, my number three favorite performance of the year, Grace. Listen, we've talked about it at length. This was the performance of the year. Like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay, maybe maybe we'll show up on your list. Who knows? What is your number three, though, Grace? My number three is the real baby that appears in the waitress pro shot. <laughs> what the fuck was going on? <laughs> what? That was crazy, Diane Paulus. That was so unhinged and exciting and wild. 
It's always been a prop baby doll in the show. And yet there was a real ass baby in the pro shot. Sorry to spoil, but you've got to see it with your own eyes. That is my third favorite performance of the year that shocked viewers. Yeah, it really did. And obviously that was only probably in scenes that were filmed without an audience. Um, And because it was pretty clear that it was not a live baby in some of the shots that were wider shots. But yeah, like real baby. I mean, look, I mean, not newborn, newborn, not like within a few hours, but fairly newborn, I think. Right. That was someone's real baby. Yeah. Like a couple weeks old baby. Yeah, that was great. I love that one. Um, All right. So number two on my list is one that ties in very much with my favorite play of 2023. And that is Jessica Chastain in A Doll's House. And I mentioned this briefly, but like, I don't really know that I've ever seen anything Jessica Chastain had been in that was like, I thought that mm-hmm. was great. Um, I like I've seen the help and I've seen um, uh, what was the the Aaron Sorkin movie that she did? Um, uh, oh, uh, Molly's game. Something game. Molly's yeah. game. Something yeah, I've, game. I've seen that. Like those are they were good uh, and and she was good in them. Like I'm not she wasn't bad, but like I've never really gotten the Jessica Chastain fervor until I saw this. Like she's insane like she is just unbelievably talented and she absolutely is so it was breathtaking you could not take your eyes off of her in that show the fact that she comes out and just like sits on a chair and rotates around the stage for the first 20 minutes before the show starts like amazing like it it, it was that was a show in and of itself although she did nothing like she just sat there and occasionally she'd shift her position but like just watching her was mesmerizing and I get it. Like she is an incredible actor, an incredible performer. We are so lucky to have had her do this on Broadway. And I hope that this means that we get more from her uh, on Broadway soon. It's, I, it was not her Broadway debut, but would like to see her when she's not, you know, being Oscar nominated or Emmy nominated for things that she's doing on screen, come back to the stage more often because she was. 100% one of the best performances I've seen ever, let alone this past year. All right, Grace, what is your number two performance of 2023? I don't, uh, th- these, these top two, I, I am not, these are not in the, like an order. These are like my favorite performances. Cause I don't want to order them mainly because of um, this is just like close to my heart. I think that Alex Brightman's performance in mm. shark is broken really, really captivated people in a way they weren't expecting. He played Richard Dreyfus, which could have been a very one note, kind of antagonistic, like, you know, he's playing Richard Dreyfus in his Jaws era, which is like, you know, his 20s. He's he's kind of a brat, which he was notorious for. So that's not news. Um, that's not that's not, you know, conjecture for me. But in a moment of panic, he has a full, full panic attack episode um, on stage. And the response that I have gotten from a lot of people in like the mental health community and people just like on the internet at large were so surprised at how authentic and challenging that that performance was that I think it it really ignited something that I don't think that we often discuss which is the authenticity in which and the care that we take on on those types of performances and moments um, that are written into stage shows so I thought it was great. I'm obviously incredibly biased because I think he's a great actor and a wonderful person and friend. Um, But I think it was one of my top performances of the year. I really, really do. 
do you want to do your other one? That way we're not splitting them from second and first and just kind of put them together in a co-number one spot? Yeah. All right. So another top performance of the year for me was Katie Rose Clark and Merrily We Roll Along. Again, Ooh, incredibly biased because I love her. But having just seen the show, when she walks out on stage, you know that it's a challenging moment. Spoiler, they are having, a, it's a divorce scene. And the way that woman can rip you apart, it's kind of crazy. Like, she's just so fucking good. And then puts you right back together and makes you laugh and is so giggly and charming because guess what? Remember, never forget, she was a Glinda and she's on stage mm -hmm. with an Alphaba that oh, she did the yeah. show with together. Yep. Um, yeah, because I was standing between them uh, and my Bach, and the last time they were all on stage together <laughs> was at Wicked 10 years ago. Amazing. So it's like unreal. But like, where was Katie Derek Klenna? Was, where was Klenna? Uh, where where was he? In know. fact, yeah. Um, yeah, there there they were. But no, I I really think that that was one of my favorite performances. It, it was it was it was my favorite performance of the year. Unreal. Wow. All right. Good for you. That's uh, that's amazing. Um, I'm going to go. My number one is something I didn't see on stage and this might be cheating a little bit, but oh, well, uh, um, I am going to go with. Jodie Comer for Prima Facie. Yes. Uh, I interviewed playwright Susie Miller and director Justin Martin here on Broadway Radio. But they couldn't get me in to see the show. I mean, they're, they're, it was so sold out. They could not get me in to see the show. But they sent me the National Theater uh, live capture. And so while I am was devastated that I couldn't actually see it on stage, being able to sit there and watch this live capture of this performance was nonetheless thrilling. Like, to see what Jodie Comer goes through in that show as an actor, not as a character, but like the variety of things that she is asked to do in that show from this kind of rapid fire narration and what ostensibly is sometimes even stage directions reading to comedy bits to absolutely devastating personal tragedy and absolutely unthinkable moments going through this character's lives, like just the breadth and the arc of what she has to do and often has to bounce back and forth in between very quickly just shows you like, yes, she's an Emmy winner. Yes. She came to light on a, and a very compelling fun, you know, even though it wasn't a comedy TV show, I think she did a bond movie too, but she's not just like, Oh, she's this young, pretty blonde woman. No, she is like, an actor actor i was mesmerized like i just i couldn't believe it and you know it's tough for me to, jody and jessica chastain obviously were in the same category and uh, jody won but i think just for me because of this the, the lengths that she was asked to go in this show makes it almost impossible for me to pick anybody other than her i i just thought she was tremendous and i mean an absolutely breathtaking in every imaginable way Oh, 100%. And again, like I pretty much omitted all the shows that I had been a right. part of in any capacity, but there's no doubt in my mind that this really was one of those transcendent performances that we'll all talk about for years um, and that we were so lucky to have a, an, an NT live capture of. It was like a real honor to be tangentially related to it, to get to like, you know, work and, and speak 
with Jody after that opening night performance was crazy. But yeah, I, I really think it was one of the greatest one person performances that we will ever have for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, any other uh, honorable mentions you want to throw out? No, it's prima facie. Yeah, <laughs> that was okay. my honorable mention. That's fair. That's fair. Um, I will mention a couple here. I know we talk about her uh, every opportunity that we possibly can, but I want to say... Let's say it together. Let's say it together. Okay, ready? Three, one. two, one. Carrie Young. Carrie Young. Yeah, I'll edit that so it overlaps together. <laughs> Carrie Young. Young. Um, yeah, Carrie Young in Pearly Victorious is just absolutely incredible. And the fact that she is just kind of becoming, despite being so young, like just one of the most reliable actors on Broadway or in New York theater is amazing. So I, I love that for her. I also want to throw out Darcy Carden from the Thanksgiving play because, one, I know her from... Uh, from the good place where she's this kind of like, sure, she's a robot kind of, but um, this prim and proper thing, but like to embody this like super ditzy and sexy character, I was like, oh, she can do that. That was amazing. But she's so funny and so great. And to hold her own with like stage vets um, like that in that show, as well as TV stars as, as well. But like, I was very impressed with Darcy Carden. I, I came away just talking about her. Uh, more than anything else. And then I want to throw in one. I don't know. This was like the best, but it was one that was like really interesting to me was Gus Bernie in the sign in Sydney Brewstein's window. Nepo baby ish, whatever you want to say about her aside, like Gus Bernie was just absolutely captivating as Gloria in a fairly small role in that show. But she was so unique, both the way her character looked and the way she talked in the, and kind of her approach in, in this show that had a very certain milieu. I was just really, really captivated, uh, by her. So, uh, I'm going to throw Gus Bernie in there as well. And I'm realizing very woman centric list here that was not done on purpose, but, um, but yeah, I thought all of those performances were, were pretty transformative. Men aren't talented, Matt. Well, yes. What it is. Yes. I mean, what are you talking about? I'm kidding. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> God, nothing someone's gonna that. splice that out. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 all good. Um, so yeah, those were those were my honorable mention performances. On the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me six piece of lane. All right, that is all that we have for you for this episode of Broadway Radio. Thank you so much for listening. Let us know what your favorite performances of 2023 were on social media at Broadway Radio pretty much anywhere. Um, BWW Matt, it's Grace Aki. Have a wonderful day, and we'll be back to you sometime in the very near future with our next episode. Swans are swimming. Six geese are laying. Five gold rings. Four calling birds. Three French hens. Two turtle doves. And a partridge in a pear tree. Swimming. Six geese a lane. Four.